0: Psalm 49, Sermon 1, Part 2 of Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2, by St. Augustine of Hippo Psalm 49, Sermon 1 part two seven but who are they whom the iniquity of their heel shall compass verse six they who trust in their virtue and in the abundance of their riches do glory therefore such sins will i avoid and the iniquity of my heel shall never compass me what is avoiding such sins let us not trust in our own virtue Let us not glory in the abundance of our own riches, but let us glory in him who hath promised to us, being humble, exaltation, and hath threatened condemnation to men exalted. And then iniquity of our heel shall never compass us, who trust in their virtue, and glory in the abundance of their riches. 8. There are some who rely on their friends, others rely on their virtue, others on their riches. This is the presumption of mankind which relieth not on God. He hath spoken of virtue, he hath spoken of riches, he speaketh of friends. Verse 7. Brother redeemeth not, shall man redeem? Dost thou expect that man shall redeem thee from the wrath to come? If brother redeem thee not, shall man redeem thee? Who is the brother, who if he hath not redeemed thee, no man will redeem? It is he who said after his resurrection, Go, tell my brethren. Our brother he hath willed to be. And when we say to God, Our Father, this is manifested in us. For he that saith to God, Our Father, saith to Christ, Brother. Therefore let him that hath God for his father and Christ for his brother not fear in the evil day, for the iniquity of his heel shall not compass him. For he relieth not on his virtue, nor glorieth in the abundance of his riches, nor vaunteth himself of his powerful friends. Let him rely on him who died for him, that he might not die eternally, who for his sake was humbled in order that he might be exalted, who sought him ungodly in order that he might be sought by him faithful. Therefore, if he redeem not, shall man redeem? Shall any man redeem if the Son of Man redeem not? If Christ redeem not, shall Adam redeem? Brother redeemeth not, shall man redeem? 9. He shall not give to God his propitiation, and the price of the redemption of his soul. He trusteth in his virtue, and in the abundance of his riches doth glory. Who shall not give to God his propitiation, that is, satisfaction whereby he may prevail with God for his sins, nor the price of the redemption of his soul, who relieth on his virtue, and on his friends, and on his riches. But who are they that give the price of the redemption of their soul? They to whom the Lord saith, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that they may receive you into everlasting habitation. They give the price of the redemption of their soul, who cease not to do alms deeds. So those whom the apostle chargeth by Timothy, he would not have to be proud, lest they should glory in the abundance of their riches. Lastly, what they possessed, he would not have to grow old in their hands, but that something should be made of it to be for the price of the redemption of their souls. For he saith, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. And as if they had said, What shall we then make of our riches, he continueth, Let them be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, and they will not lose that. How know we? Hear what followeth. Let them lay up for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on the true life. So shall they give the price of the redemption of their soul. And our Lord counselleth this, Make for yourselves bags, which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where thief approacheth not, neither moth corrupteth. God would not have thee lose thy wealth, but he hath given thee counsel to change the place thereof let your love understand. Suppose thy friend were just now to enter thy house, and find thou hadst placed thy stores of grain in a damp place, and he knew the natural proneness of grain to decay, which thou perchance knewest not. He would give thee counsel of this sort, saying, Brother, thou art losing what with great toil thou hast gathered. Thou hast placed it in a damp place. In a few days this grain will decay. And what am I to do, brother? raise it into a higher place thou wouldst hearken to thy friend suggesting that thou shouldst raise grain from a lower to a higher chamber and dost thou not hearken to christ charging thee to lift thy treasure from earth to heaven where not what thou keepest in store may be paid to thee but that thou mayest keep in store earth mayest receive heaven mayest keep in store things mortal mayest receive things everlasting that while thou lendest christ to receive at thy hands but a small loan upon earth he may repay thee a great recompense in heaven nevertheless they whom The iniquity of their heel shall compass, because they trust in their virtue, and in the abundance of their riches do glory, and rely on human friends who are able to help them in nothing, shall not give to God their propitiation, and the price of the redemption of their souls. 10. And what hath he said of such a man? Verse 9. Yea, he hath laboured for ever, and shall live till the end. His labor shall be without end, his life shall have an end. Wherefore, saith he, he shall live till the end. Because such men think life to be naught but daily enjoyment. So when many poor and needy men of our times, unstable and not looking to what God doth promise them for their labors, see rich men in daily feastings, in the splendor and glitter of gold and of silver, they say what? These are the only people. They really live. This is a saying, be it said no longer. We both warn you, and it remains to warn you, that it be said by fewer persons than it would be said if we had not warned you. For we do not presume to say that we so say these words, as that it be not said, but that it be said by fewer persons. For it will be said even unto the end of the world. It is too little that he saith, He liveth. He addeth and saith, He thundereth, Thinkest thou that he alone liveth? Let him live, his life will be ended, Because he giveth not the price of the redemption of his soul. His life will end, his labour will not end. He laboured for ever, and shall live till the end. How shall he live till the end? As he lived that was clothed with purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day who, being proud and puffed up, spurned the man full of sores lying before his gate, whose sores the dogs licked, and who longed for the crumbs that fell from his table. What did those riches profit him? Both changed places. The one was born from the rich man's gate into Abraham's bosom. The other, from his rich feasts, was cast into the fire. The one was in peace, the other burned. The one was sated, the other thirsted. The one had laboured till the end, but he lived for ever. The one had lived till the end, but he laboured for ever. And what did it profit the rich man who asked, while lying in torments in hell, that a drop of water should be poured upon his tongue from the finger of Lazarus, saying, For I am burning here in this flame, and it was not granted to him. One longed for the drop from the finger, as the other had for the crumbs from the rich man's table. But the labor of the one is ended, and the life of the other is ended. The labor of this is forever, the life of that is forever. We who labor perchance here on the earth have not our life here, and shall not be so placed hereafter, for our life shall be Christ for ever. while they who will have their life here shall labor forever and live till the end. Verse 9 and 10. For he shall not see death, though he shall have seen wise men dying. The man who laboured for ever, and shall live till the end, shall not see death, though he shall have seen wise men dying. He shall not comprehend what death is, whenever he shall have seen wise men dying. For he saith to himself, This fellow, for all he was wise, and dwelled with wisdom, and worshipped God with piety, is he not dead? therefore i will enjoy myself while i live for if they that are wise in other respects could do anything they would not have died just as the jews saw christ hanging on the cross and despised him saying if this man were the son of god he would come down from the cross not seeing what death is if they had seen what death is if they had seen i say he died for a time that he might live again for ever They lived for a time that they might die for ever, but because they saw him dying, they saw not death, that is to say, they understood not what was very death. What say they even in wisdom? Let us condemn him with a most shameful death, for by his own sayings he shall be respected. For if he is indeed the Son of God, he will deliver him from the hands of his adversaries he will not suffer his son to die if he is truly his son but when they saw themselves insulting him upon the cross and him not descending from the cross they said he was indeed but a man thus was it spoken and surely he could have come down from the cross he that could rise again from the tomb, but he taught us to bear with those who insult us, he taught us to be patient of the tongues of men, to drink now the cup of bitterness, and afterwards to receive everlasting salvation. Being sick, drink a bitter draught, in order that thou mayest be whole, whose vitals are not sound. Shrink not, for that thou mightest not shrink. Thy physician did drink before thee, that is, the Lord did drink before thee the bitterness of the passion. He did drink who had no sin, he who had not anything in him to be cured. Drink thou until there pass away the bitterness of this world, and there come a world where is no offence, no wrath, no wasting, no bitterness, no fever, no guile, not any enmities, no old age, no death, no contention. Labor thou here, being to come to the end of thy labors. Labor thou, lest, whilst thou wilt not labor here, thou come to the end of thy life, and never come to the end of thy labors. For he shall not see death, though he shall have seen wise men dying. 12. The imprudent and unwise shall perish together. Who is the imprudent? He that looketh not out for himself for the future. Who is the unwise, he that perceiveth not in what evil case he is? But do thou perceive in what evil case thou art now, and look out that thou be in a good case for the future? By perceiving in what evil case thou art, thou wilt not be unwise. By looking out for thyself for the future, thou wilt not be imprudent. Who is he that looketh out for himself? That servant to whom his master gave what he should expend, and afterwards said to him, Thou canst not be my steward, give an account of thy stewardship, and who answered, What shall I do? I cannot dig, to beg I am ashamed, had nevertheless by even his master's good made to himself friends who might receive him when he was put out of his stewardship. Now he cheated his master, in order that he might get to himself friends to receive him. Fear not thou, lest thou be cheating, the Lord himself exhorteth thee to do so. He saith himself to thee, Make to thyself friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. Perhaps what thou hast got, thou hast gotten of unrighteousness. Or perhaps this very thing is unrighteousness, that thou hast and another hath not, thou aboundest and another needeth. Of this mammon of unrighteousness, of these riches which the unrighteous call riches, make to thyself friends, and thou shalt be prudent. Thou art gaining for thyself, and art not cheating. For now thou seemest to lose it. Wilt thou lose it, if thou place it in a treasury? For boys, my brethren, no sooner find some money wherewith to buy something, than they put it in a money-box, which they open not until afterwards. Do they, because they see not what they have got, on that account lose it? Fear not. boys put in a money box and are secure. Dost thou place it in the hand of Christ and fear? Be prudent and provide for thyself against the future in heaven. Be therefore prudent. Copy the ant, as saith the scripture, store in summer, lest thou hunger in winter. The winter is the last day, the day of tribulation. The winter is the day of offenses and of bitterness. Gather what may be there for thee in the future, but if thou doest not so, thou wilt perish both imprudent and unwise. 13. But that rich man too died, and a like funeral was made for him. See to what men have brought themselves, they regard not what a wicked life he led while he lived, but what pomp followed him when he died. O happy he, whom so many lament! But the other lived in such sort that few lament, for all ought to lament a man living so sadly. But there is the funeral train; he is received in a costly tomb, he is wound in costly robes, he is buried in perfumes and spices. Secondly, what a monument he hath! How marbled! Doth he live in that same monument? He is therein dead. Men deeming these to be good things have strayed from God, and have not sought the true good things, and have been deceived with the false. To this end see what followeth. He who gave not the price of the redemption of his soul, who understood not death, because he saw wise men dying, he became imprudent and unwise, in order that he might die with them. And how shall they perish, who shall leave their riches to aliens? Together the imprudent and unwise shall perish. 14. Hearken, brethren, and they shall leave their riches to aliens. As if he had indeed included them in a curse, so that when they shall have died aliens shall possess their goods. Therefore happy they who leave their sons in their inheritance, to whom they that are their own succeed. He had sons, he is not dead. What of his sons? They also keep what their parents have left them. To keep is too little. They increase it also. For whom do they in turn keep it? For their sons, and they for their sons, and the third generation for their sons. And what for Christ? What is his soul? All for his children? Among their sons, which they have on earth, let them reckon one brother, whom they have in heaven to whom they ought to give all let them but share it with him but nevertheless some one saith to me see those whom the scripture hath spoken of as accused whom it hath said perish and leave their riches to aliens but that man is blessed who leaveth to his own sons I examine this sense, because I incline mine ear to a parable, and I see that Scripture speaketh not thus to no purpose, for I see many ungodly men die, whose successors are their sons, nor could Scripture have so spoken as to sever those men from misery, of whose life it disapproveth. And what do ye think, brethren, I understand by it, but that all such men do leave their riches to aliens? How are their sons aliens? The sons of the ungodly are aliens. For we see a certain foreigner that became a neighbor because he did good. If any of thy friends doth thee know good, he is a stranger. Where do we find a certain foreigner that became a neighbor because he did good? In the Gospel. A certain man lay wounded by robbers, for the Lord had said to a certain man, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And he had answered, And who is my neighbor? And the Lord proceeded, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among robbers who wounded him, and left him half dead in the road. His neighbors passed by, for he was a Jew, he was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. A priest went by, and passed over on the other side. A Levite went by, and he also passed over on the other side. A certain Samaritan went by, a Samaritan was a foreigner. He came to him, he beheld his misery, and of pity healed his wounds. He set him on his beast, and led him to an inn. He commended him to the host. Which things are spoken in a mystery, and seem too perplexed to unravel on the present occasion. Yet for the sake of what I have proposed, my brethren, the Lord saith, Who is neighbor to that wounded man? He answered, I suppose, he that wrought a work of mercy upon him. Go, he saith, and do thou likewise. He upon whom thou showest mercy is thy neighbor. If then a foreign Samaritan, by showing mercy and by relieving, became neighbor, whatsoever persons will not relieve thee in tribulation, have become aliens to thee. Moreover, let us observe, those rich men who have lived ill, who have done proudly, are dead, and have left their riches, I say not to strangers, but to their sons, and the sons follow the way of their parents, and as those were proud, so these. As those were grasping, so these too. As those were covetous, so these. They are aliens to them. For that ye may know how they are strangers, else let them have succoured that rich man who was burning in the flame, being heirs of his wealth. But perhaps he had not any to succeed him, and aliens possessed his riches. We find in the very gospel that he had. For he saith, I have five brethren. His own brethren could not succor him burning in the flame. What would the rich man say to thee? I have five brethren. One brother I have not made my friend who lay before my gate. Those brethren cannot help me. Those who possess my riches are become aliens to me. Ye see how that all that live ill leave their riches to alien. 15. But do those same aliens indeed serve them who are called their own? Here, in what they serve them, observe how they are ridiculed. Together the imprudent and unwise shall perish, and shall leave their riches. Why hath he said to strangers? Because they can do them no good. Nevertheless, wherein do they seem to themselves to do good? Verse 11. And their tombs shall be their house forever. Now because these tombs are erected, the tombs are a house. For often thou hearest a rich man saying, I have a house of marble, which I must quit. And I think not for myself of an eternal house, where I shall away be. When he thinketh to make for himself a monument of marble, or of sculpture, he is deeming, as it were, of an eternal house, as if therein this rich man would abide. If he would abide there, he would not burn in hell. We must consider that the place where the spirit of an evildoer abideth is not where the mortal body is laid, but their tombs shall be their house forever, their dwelling places are from generation to generation. Dwelling places are wherein they abode for a season, house is wherein they will abide as it were forever, that is to say, their tombs. Thus they leave their dwelling places, where they abode while they lived, to their families, and they pass, as it were, to everlasting houses to their tombs? What profit to them are their dwelling-places, from generation to generation? Now suppose a generation and generation are sons, grandsons there will be, and great-grandsons. What do their dwelling-places, what do they profit them? What? Here they shall invoke their names in their land. What is this? They shall take bread and wine to their tombs, and there they shall invoke the names of the dead. Dost thou consider how loudly was invoked the name of the rich man after his death, when men drank them drunk at his monument, and there came down not one drop upon his own burning tongue? Men minister to their own belly, not to the ghosts of their friends. The souls of the dead nothing doth reach, but what they have done of themselves while alive. But if they have done naught of themselves while alive, nothing doth reach them dead. But what to the survivors? They will but invoke their names in their land. 16. Verse 12. And man, though he was in honour, perceived not. He was compared to the beasts without sense, and was made like to them. This is just as men were derided, who perceived not what they ought to do with their riches while they lived and thought they would be blessed if they should have a marble monument for an everlasting house, and if their relations to whom they had left their substance should invoke their names in their own land. They ought, on the contrary, to have made ready for themselves an eternal house in good works, to have made ready for themselves everlasting life, TO HAVE SENT BEFORE THEM EXPENDITURE, TO HAVE FOLLOWED THEIR WORKS, TO HAVE MINISTERED TO A NEEDY COMPANION, TO HAVE GIVEN TO HIM WITH WHOM THEY WERE WALKING, NOT TO HAVE DESPISED CHRIST COVERED WITH SORES BEFORE THEIR GATE, WHO HATH SAID, Inasmuch AS YE HAVE DONE IT UNTO ONE OF THE LEAST OF THESE MY BRETHREN, YE HAVE DONE IT UNTO ME. HOWEVER, MAN BEING IN HONOR, HATH NOT UNDERSTOOD. WHAT IS BEING IN HONOR? BEING MADE AFTER THE IMAGE AND LIKENESS OF GOD. Man is preferred to beasts, for God hath not so made man as he hath made a beast, but God hath made man for beasts to minister to. Is it to his strength then, and not to his understanding? Nay, but he understood not, and he who is made after the image of God is compared to the beasts without sense, and is made like unto them. Whence it is said elsewhere, Be ye not like to horse and mule, in which there is no understanding. 17. Verse 3. This their own way is an offence to them. Be it an offence to them, not to thee. But when will it be so to thee too, if thou thinkest such men to be blessed? If thou perceivest that they be not blessed, their own way will be an offence to themselves, not to Christ not to his body, not to his members. And afterwards they shall bless with their mouth. What meaneth afterwards they shall bless with their mouth? Though they have become such, that they seek nothing but temporal goods, yet they become hypocrites, and when they bless God, with lips they bless, and not with heart. Christians like these, when to them eternal life is commended, and they are told, that in the name of Christ they ought to be despisers of riches, do make grimaces in their hearts. And if they dare not to do it with open face, lest they blush, or lest they should be rebuked by men, yet they do it in heart and scorn, and there remaineth in their mouth blessing, and in their heart cursing. And afterwards they shall bless with their mouth. It were too long a task to finish the psalm. Meanwhile, let what ye have heard today suffice for your love. Tomorrow ye shall hear whatever shall please the Lord. End of Psalm 49, Sermon 1, Part 2